Welcome to Dollar Bin Sins. I'm Mike Robinson, your host. With us today are two assholes I found on the streets, uh, otherwise known as Hickory and Wit. Hi. Hi. Hickory is kind of famous to no one, and Wit's famous on the internet for being really into Star Wars. <laughs> yep, it happens. All right, guys. So let's um, talk about music or something. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so what do you think of the Mecco? I hadn't actually heard that before. I've heard the original Mecco Star Wars, but I haven't heard those Return of the Jedi ones. That was uh, that was quite a treat, I guess might be the correct term. <laughs> I enjoyed the Lapti Neck one more than the, the, the Yub Yub one. Although the uh, the rap in the Yub Yub one was, was uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's special, special. Definitely That's a, a special, special adventure. Yes. Yub Yub hasn't aged as gracefully as Lapdinek. <laughs> if you drop Lapdinek on a dance floor, people would get down to that funky bass line. You know, Yub Yub, I mean, anything outside of like some eat out chill room, mm-hmm. people yeah, aren't really going to yeah. do anything. And you might even have trouble then. <laughs> A furry convention might would enjoy that song. That's horrible. (laughs) Foreplay at a furry convention. (laughs) Yum yum, bitches. Yum yum. Who brought the Ewoks? (laughs) Do do, do furries even accept Ewoks as part of their spectrum? I don't know. I'm curious about this, though. I'm going to have to look into this in the Star Wars community. Well, last night's community hinted that they took insects for the little bee costumes, so why wouldn't they take an Ewok? Wow. They make the Ewoks and the bees fight for acceptance. That would be rad. Bee, bees are kind of fuzzy. I don't know if you call them furry, but I mean, especially like a bumblebee. Yeah. And we're getting off topic. Dollar bin sins. I don't think they're the best. Uh, yeah, that's right. It fits into sin, doesn't it? Yeah, sin. Yeah, sin. So right now we've got uh, Zubin Meta off a random Star Wars and Close Encounters cover action. It's really good. This does. Yeah, this, is, this isn't the original Cantina. This is. No. I thought this it, was, is, it almost like it was sped up for a second. Nope. Everything's locked to zero. It's uh. The song is sped up, sounds like. Yeah, they're definitely playing faster. Um, but overall, that's what gets me about this cover is if you haven't heard the original in a while, it just sounds like a poor copy of the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I'm digging the drummer in this. I wish they gave him like a little. A little time. Is the guy playing the steel drums or the guy who's playing the real kit? Real kit. Because there's, there's, you know, there's a loop and a sample in there somewhere. Is the real kit even had, he even bring that up. The, steel, the bongos with the... Totally, totally. <laughs> but then you know it's got to go here. That was our our friend and pal Zubin. And this. This is the Electric Move Orchestra. I had that. I don't have it anymore. I used to have that. What is the little one? I was going to ask about that. The little one, which is totally ripping this cover, is a platter and some of his friends.
Hickory, I didn't, I didn't know you had an Ewok costume. <laughs> well, I can't really wear John, but... <laughs> oh, he's sitting on your lap. I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something I picked up when I was in Japan. This is Takanaka, Brazilian Skies, and this is the Star Wars Samba. <laughs> yes, it is. It is indeed. That is the most. I don't. I'm. Let me see that. I'm so confused on what they're trying to convey there. Because he's definitely Japanese, but nothing. That's some serious light rock beach action. Yeah. It like, feels it like the cover, the front cover feels very yacht rock, yet none of this is yacht rock. He is seriously the only Japanese thing about this record. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's all you need. Yeah. It kind of looks like he, uh, like Stephen Chow from Kung Fu Hustle on the back. Kind of, kind of. It's a weird little record, but. The... <laughs> picked it up for this and I feel like I won totally with this. Yeah, no, this is this is totally unique. I mean, it's almost that, like, that silly Saturday Night Live Bill Murray song. Mm. But at the same time, it has a little touch of, like, this ukulele band that did the Imperial March that I've heard recently. Um, yeah, it's got a nice middle ground there. It's a, it's a nice Star Wars song, but... You thought it was over. I it was. The breakdown was great. It even gave you. It even stopped. Like it stopped. Almost stopped to let it finish. Yeah. It's just. This is why I I love shit I found in Japan because the Japanese always take things three steps too far. <laughs> They see the line and get a running start at it to cross it, or do they just not care and just want to run past? They pick up the line so it doesn't interfere. I think they draw new lines. Yeah. And then they dare each other to cross. <laughs> but you know, for, for an overall kind of place that's sort of very rigid in its structure, everybody gets their one like, this is your hobby. Whatever it is, you do it with like devotion unlike anything I've seen anywhere else. I mean like Tuesday night kids out break dancing in the mall because the mall closes down but all the shop fronts have reflective windows. So they use them as big full-size windows to, to break it. So, it's like, so you work your, your 8 to 12 hours then you go to the mall and you fucking outdo every break dancer in the world. But it's just your hobby. Yeah, hang on. I can appreciate that. Yeah. As somebody with a living room full of Star Wars toys, uh, I can appreciate appreciating hobbies. Absolutely. So that that was our uh, our ode to wit. <laughs> and these are these are all uh, dollar bin secondhand type. Uh... Yeah. Everything everything we've gone through so far. Is stuff that I haven't paid more than a dollar for. Well, you actually, I probably paid ten dollars for the fucking Tanaka, uh -huh. but it was just, it was effectively a dollar Japanese.
Yeah, I was going to say, the exchange rates totally on that one. The exchange rate beat me on that one. Um, yeah, we've, we've got one last one that I, I believe is going to, <laughs> going to really ruin life for Wit right now. Mm. You might, I don't know if I've ever played this. I have, I, I can see the cover right now. I haven't heard this. <laughs> I haven't heard too many uh, remixes of this song. Remixes of this song. I just don't know about this record. I think it was the other side you were looking for. This is the vocal side. Oh. Yeah, we gotta listen to vocal. This is the first of the records out of Hickory's pile. <laughs> I'd just like to make clear that this steaming pile did not come out of my collection. Oh yeah, but other other steaming piles will. <laughs> if I kept, if I had kept up at the rate of picking up weird Star Wars records when I got this one, like no telling what I would have now. Like in between, like that was when I would race to the soundtrack dollar bins. <laughs> I was amazed, I mean, not at, uh, even uh, just at Goodwill is where I was able to pick up most of mine. Uh, you know, I've got a copy of the original Storytime record, um, and actually somebody recently gave me the second one, uh, and it's not as in good shape, but it still has the picture book that came with it. And uh, I didn't have this as a little kid, but I had a friend who had it, and I mean, these things were great, because I mean, you couldn't get it on VHS, and so I mean, you listen to the story on this and look at the pictures. Totally. Uh, I've got the, uh, yeah. is it, is got the that Empire one that we did the training with, uh, with Yoda? Empire. Empire is. Empire. So I've got the Empire storybook, and I swear to God, if you want to learn to scratch, that's the record to own, be because it's all about Yoda's laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And it, there's is it the a reason full size I'm not, or the little 45? Full size. Oh, okay. There's cool. a reason I'm not allowed to ever play that out because I can't scratch for shit. Yeah. But I get to that laugh and I'm like, I gotta do it! And then everything goes to hell. Mine plays normal and then you get to like the Dagobah scenes and everything is noticeably like volumes lower. Four o'clock because I've scratched, I've scratched over it so much, and it's a shame because it was like, oh my god, it's, it's over, I'm done. That record ends. That was I almost that was Earth, by the way. I almost didn't mind that too <laughs> much at you? the beginning, but then when I I got distracted talking, and then suddenly I heard that they were mixing the original Star Wars track over yeah. it, and that dun, was dun. yeah, that kind of killed it for me. Mashups yeah. before mashups, baby predecessors. This is true. <laughs> trendsetters. I don't know about trendsetters. We just played it on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is this podcast really trendsetting? I don't know. But other people... No, but if a few other people did this. it on their podcasts, uh, then, then the whole Earth thing... Or, yeah, never mind. You know, I really... What is that a trend? I really do think that some of the reasons why that I don't get booked more is because people are afraid I'm going to play that. People are more comfortable being afraid of the stuff that you're going to play and risking that than they are being afraid of the stuff that I'm going to play and risk that. I don't understand it. You know, I'm, There's I'm really, I'm over that Mike is going to play something that's going to scare us or ultimately be 
let's have a week-long email thread about how Mike fucking ruined my high. Well, you see, you see, that's the thing. Is like, I don't know so much as, like, when I talk about, like, like, you just, you take a risk, and it's not that you like to scare people, it's just that you like to play whatever you want to play. Sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's funky, and sometimes it makes you cry, you know? But... I'm so happy you have that now. Now we can beat Jogo. Oh god. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, what do you get a... What do you So this song here, R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Bon Jovi's first recorded song he ever sang. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, we should yeah, play yeah. that now. Which, which track R2-D2, is that? R2-D2, We Wish You. Uh, end of side one. Last one of side one. Yeah, and he, he wasn't going by Bon Jovi at the time. Uh, but yeah, this is the first recording... Of course, that's Anthony Daniels. Yeah, but yeah. it's amazing to me that they got all the actors to do Anthony a, the Daniels Christmas special yeah. and the Christmas special album. <gasps> but they were all no one knew who they were, mm-hmm. so it was just like they needed some work. It's not till yeah. the end of the series that any of them are particularly famous. Harrison Ford didn't want to be in Return of the Jedi. He wanted them to die in Carbonite. He wanted to go. He wanted to focus more on uh, Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, here's Bon Jovi. At least from what I was told on the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm just going to believe it. I like it better thinking that. So, we got Lead vocals by Anthony Daniels, uh, Mar Yesman, Rob McBride, and Jan Bon Jovi. Yeah. Yeah. Jan Bon Jovi. John Bong, it's Bong Iovi. Awesome. That's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's a shame this isn't like a comic book where the first appearance would be worth money. <laughs> no, I got this. I got this off Craigslist. Not Craigslist. Free cycle. Mine was a dollar ninety-five, and I would have brought it had it not had that extra ninety-five cents attached to its cost. <laughs> it's, it's okay if they're not a dollar. Because it's a sin. <laughs> See, it's still a sin. Or it's been worthy. Yeah, I got the exactly. little, little Empire one at uh, Goodwill, but I got the other one, the Return of the Jedi one, off Etsy recently with the storybook uh, for five bucks, and it's in awesome shape. Uh, yeah, that's a good-looking copy. I wasn't expecting to find that on uh, yeah, Etsy. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember the radio drama that they did mm-hmm. of these. I yeah. don't. So I have, I have a bunch of them. My mom I, picked them up for it. But when I was a little kid, they were playing on PBS on public or NPR, public radio, whatever it was yeah. back then. And uh, she had heard about it, looked it up in the newspaper. However, she found out the times for it, had set alarms so that she knew to run to the, the radio, record this for my brother and I as little kids. Nice. Um, and I totally took advantage of it as a little kid. You know, we were out of order. We peeled the labels off of them that she had written meticulously to, you know, tape one of 12, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But looking back on it, I was like, whoa, my mom did that for me. But yeah, it was kind of cool. So I've got the. Both the Mecco and the original John Williams Star Wars, but I have to ask: Is there anybody in the world who hasn't already heard these? Hmm. I own like eight copies of the original Star Wars and two of the Mecco. Yeah. So I think we could just play the beginning of this one then, so everybody gets that classic. You will know it is time to. Absolutely. So here we go, world. Is it forty-five or thirty-three? Um, yeah, it's forty-five. I believe it's forty-five. You'll know pretty quickly if it's not. 
This is the story of Return of the Jedi. It's not. Come with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2 beep like this. Let's See, that's good now. scratch material, too. Oh, we get scratch material. He's really heard scratch were planning the Empire wanted to play so well, the evil galactic empire. Times. Yeah. Little did they know the rebellion was doomed. The rebellion was doomed, man. That's a great sample. The rebel alliance. The uh, rad. Type fighter would be cool to do that. Wah, 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 wah. In fact, yeah. What is it? Um, finger thing. Uh, superhero music. He scratches the TIE fighter sound. As well as uh, a couple of laser sounds from the storybook. Who is this? Finger thing. It's a, uh, it's a bass player and a scratch DJ. And they put out like three or four albums. And they're uh, really fucking good. Yeah, I highly recommend. The that. first couple albums are basically sound. It's, it really does sound like the bass and what the guy's doing is separate. And the guy, like a lot more. The most recent. Uh, Album of theirs, way better produced. Hmm. Sound like it was one piece. Sound like one guy instead of two. Could be. Right on. So, time-wise or date-wise, anyway, from Star Wars '77, disco and all that. We're not too far of a step off from this. What have Beverly you guys got Hills here? Cop. Yeah, this is Beverly Hills Cop. Axel F. I only have this on 45. Is this 85 or 86? Somewhere right around there, yeah. I'm old enough to know it's 84. Wow. Oh, okay. So, so after. we progressed pretty good. Yeah, 83, Return of the Jedi, and then we jumped right into this. Uh, and uh, this this is also out of Hickory's pile. Good dog. Keeping good. us going yeah. with the, uh, the soundtrack action. I found the full soundtrack of this for 99 cents at Goodwill one time. Um, and if I had all of my records, I would have brought it over. It's one of my favorites. That's nice. what it's in. But again, the scratching and ruining a record, the first note on this is ruined for me just queuing it up so many times. Because it, I'm not the best beat matcher, but I can mix this with house. And I love doing this yeah. and surprising people. Totally. Yeah. This would also be good with electro, too. Yeah. You know, this would be really good with what's, what's dirty? Uh, Craftwork, Trans Europe Express. Come out of that into this. Followed by the Miami Vice theme. <laughs> it, it all works disturbingly well. And it just like steps it up. Because Trans Europe Express is sort of like, it chunks along but it's not doing much. Mm-hmm. And then this comes in and adds more melody and more action. And then. Then you come in with the Miami Vice and fucking steel drums and synth. Steel drums and synth. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put this in the um, Don't Forget Me bin. And it's amazing how like how people our age about like everybody knows this oh yeah i mean it's it's whether it's good or bad doesn't matter everybody knows this this was the first instrumental pop song i ever heard and i remember the first time i ever heard first couple times i ever heard it like the probably first time i was like okay when's the lyrics kid yet <laughs> and then after like hearing it like three or four songs being like oh yeah this is that really cool song that never has any words to it and it was just like the only other thing i'd ever heard uh, that had no words it was like classical and jazz, you know. 
nothing on nothing on the radio. I didn't think I'd ever get tired of this song, but when I went out to Thailand for my honeymoon a few years back, they were as a uh, I can't remember if it was trance, but I'm pretty sure it was a pretty cheesy trancey type remix of this and every street corner and it was New Year's then and so every party had it played and it was played like every few songs usually it was I was <clears throat> you can't not play this yeah, yeah <laughs> I kind of wish they had not <laughs> this is at least not so here. much alright well this all this I'm finding this away from my 365 days of 64k project cause I feel like I probably have to chop this up and make a shitty beat out of it I have another project for you, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast, because knowing my luck, it... Don't jinx it. Yeah. Okay. What was the, the 365 days thing you had going? Ah, so if you go to 365daysof.64k.com, mm-hmm. there'll be a link in the notes. Uh, I'm doing something creative every day, and, mm-hmm. and tumbling about it, um, and I'd say... It's what? It's February 2nd. I've flubbed, I'd say, six days so far. Oh, okay. So this will be doing for 2011. Yeah. Okay. Um, so most of the days I've done something, I've done something sort of like a musical sketch. Um, and then I, I told myself days that I forgot to do something, I would be forced to take a self-portrait with my iPhone. And I've even failed to do that a couple days. Oh, because they do pictures of your baby count or anything like that? Yeah, as long as it's like somehow creative. No, the, this no. is the extended mix. This, oh, is, the extended right. this mix. is the extended mix. Well, yeah. this is the extended extended mix. No. It's the extended meta mix. It's actually scratched. It just happened to hit a loop. It's been playing the same it's a good loop. loop. <laughs> it's like that uh, Sweet Child of Mine copy you have. That is great. I wish I could find that goddamn record. What, I played just... I played Sweet Child of Mine at you and Jenny's wedding, but no one was in there to hear it. Oh, that's yeah. Did you have a, an endless loop on one yeah, of them? No. I, I've got a sweet, well, yeah, yeah. I've got a copy of the album. The whistle at the beginning, mm-hmm. it loops perfectly on the skip. <laughs> but it's it's somewhere in the I need to refile section, which is at last count 1,500 records big right now of not organized. It's no good. It's a. It's actually might be worse than my internet bookmarks that are unorganized that I need to go through. I'm. I'm really afraid of this hickory. I'm talking about scratched records, though. When I was little, I tried to teach our uh, lovebird how to talk by. It said if you cover the cage and just say the same thing into the front of the cage, uh, in the open part of it, uh, over and over again, that your bird will learn to talk that way. 
So we just put a speaker there, and one of our records was scratched. It was a Sesame Street record. And it was some Muppet saying something over and over and over again. We left it. We went next door and skateboarded for a little while, and this bird stuck to the speaker. This is another track from when I was uh, in Japan. Yay, fun times in Japan. Yeah. Um, so I knew this guy named Marco. Uh, I met him. I didn't have a job. I was just there. So I'm walking around Nowheresville, Japan, essentially, and I found a skate park, and Marco is skating in the skate park with a longboard, and the, the front wheels are on a caster, so he can sort of, so he, all of his, like, skating motions look like surfing as he's working this quarter pipe. Yeah, because in front of it's like a shopping cart almost. Exactly. Yeah. Just as the swivel. Awesome. Um, and he was so upset that my time in Japan was being spent in, in essentially Fresno, the equivalent of, um, that he, I mean, I spoke a word of Japan, Japanese. I spoke a word in Japan. A <laughs> word. That was it. That was mum the rest of the time. That's right. Um, so I, I could say it's all good in Japanese. Mm -hmm. um, and that was it. And he knew like maybe ten words of English. But he made it his mission in life while I was there to show me the coolest things around. And it, it's, it's just like... Hey, dude, I just met. Sure, I'll get in your truck. Where are we going? <laughs> 30 miles out of town? Okay. <laughs> but, uh... He just exhausted. He just exhausted all ten of his words. Yes. <laughs> but he would, he would just yammer at me in Japanese, and then, like, this is cool. <laughs> all right. But, um... So he made... Beads. His hobby was making uh, hippie jewelry. And so I went with him to the next major metropolitan area over so he could go to what was essentially a, like a thrift thing. Mm -hmm. So he's got a little blanket out and he's got his stuff and I walked around and there are vendors and but a bunch of people were selling records. And I got uh, an Italian cover of Killing Me Softly in Japan. Which is really good. Yeah, this is it's, really good. It's so good. Yeah, it's how like the original. Yeah. Is it Italian that you said? Yeah, it's Italian. But in Japan. But in Japan. It's the long face, I it's think. Long, yeah, it's like a long face. Oh. And she's weirdly golden. <laughs> very, very. So I, I don't know what else there is to say about that track other than it's fucking good, dude. It's good. It's definitely, definitely good. All I was going to say, like, 
bringing records back from Japan, that's kind of sucks. Records are heavy. Dude, it gets better. I took records to Japan. You're, you're closer. You hit him. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> so, hit him. So I supported him. In the oh, I, I do too. I, I it, would do the same it was thing. Jenny was in Japan, and she said I could come out and live with her, and she would essentially support me mm-hmm. um, for six months. The last six months of her two-year tour in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I sold everything I owned, except for what fit in like a five by nine storage unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my most prized records to hickory for storage and i took two that was when you had that nice DJ. set of coasters right mm-hmm. <laughs> i took these these two full-size dj travel bags full of records mm-hmm. well like one and a half full of records to japan with me as well as like a checked bag of clothes um and then i mean i spent all the money Jenny gave me as allowance mm-hmm. on vinyl while I was in Japan. But so I'm curious with a collection the size that you have and as varied as it is, how do you whittle that down to a record case and a half to take to Japan with you for six months? I mean, um, I specifically sort of gathered the stuff I was really loving and the stuff I was playing out a lot mm-hmm. right before I left because my my goal was to actually play out in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I played three of the major clubs in Matsuyama. Cool. Matsuyama is, it, I mean, it's like a metro area, but it's seriously, it's like Fresno. <laughs> so, though I got offered a gig in Tokyo, but uh, it was sort of, we went to Tokyo so I could see it. Mm-hmm. We were there for a weekend. I didn't think to bring records, but I, I was like looking up all these record stores. Mm-hmm. And I spent a day sort of wandering Tokyo, finding record stores and going in. And this one store was, I mean, the store was maybe the size of this room. Yeah. And was also the guy's home. (laughs) So we rolled in at 10 and like he jumps up from between two rows of record bins and dives out of sight to pull his pants on because he was like sleeping on the floor because he had gone out and partied the night before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I pulled a couple records to listen to, and his listening station was basically just a DJ rig. And so I'm playing a record, listening to it, and I just figured, well, as it's all here, I'll just mix in the next record I want to listen to. And then he just started handing me records. Oh, if you like that, you'll like this. And I just kept mixing them back in. Um, and we're like four records into this process, and he's like, do you want to um, play a club tonight? It's like... Uh, can I just borrow records from you? And he's like, not without buying them. Oh. Like, well, then no, I can't play out tonight. But thank you. <laughs> but thank you. Moving right along in our our record joy, we've got uh, David Van Tegum. Yeah. On wide angle from do we have a year on this? I'm yeah, guessing yeah. it's in the eighties. And it's the widescreen edition, perfect for vinyl. So, do you want me to play the Dayglow mix or the Blacklight mix? <laughs> I don't know. Both of them make me cry, but you told me to bring <laughs> the weird, disturbing covers, and I figured this one was perfect <laughs> right. for it. With that description, I give you Inagata DeVita, the Dayglow mix. <laughs> different kinds of crying. Is it 45? Is this right? 
I don't know. That sounds about right. Because I remember it kind of had this weird... Uh, Definitely 80s. New Order yeah. feel to it at first. <laughs> yeah, this is... I kind of want somebody to start singing the Moby song. I'm almost imagining like background music of TV sitcom, or not sitcom, but uh, like uh, there was a werewolf show that they were watching on Fox in the 80s. But... Werewolf? Werewolf. Oh, werewolf. Was the werewolf the good guy? Like he'd been bit by a bad guy, but he wasn't a good guy yet. Like, I remember Manimal, I remember the one with the fucking... This was late the, 80s, it was like 88. Uh, it was uh, right after Fox had become Fox, mm. and uh, Tracy Oldman's show was on, and The Simpsons had just come about, and all that kind of stuff. Terrible show. We'll have to see but it. it had a soundtrack, which was similar to this. I didn't have Fox in Baton Rouge. Alright, faithful listeners, if you can name that show, I will send you... An original Dollar Benson's record signed by all three of us. You can say I was going to sign anything. <laughs> you are now. Signatures are okay. Forms are different. I don't trust you. actually not bad. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's weird, but you could fucking move a goth club with this. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and this is the Dayglow version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should we check out the black <coughs> Sure. Alright, flipping the record. I was just about to make a crack about it being an instrumental before the lyrics came in. The background, the kind of like background song, sound that's panning. <laughs> Yeah, this is the side that, that rocks the goth club. <laughs> this end of that Madonna Like a Prayer industrial <laughs> cover. Uh, okay. What was that? By God 20. I can never unthink about that now. You're welcome. It's horrible. I'm not going to play it tonight. <laughs> it, but it's in there somewhere. to miss the vocals on this side. But there, there might not be vocals. I on think the black side. side. Yeah. Well, that makes it actually. This becomes highly useful. Yeah. Good sound. Uh, the sounds are definitely uh, usable. And yeah. What's and of course, the you know, guitar at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Put on this side is unmistakable. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if we could. If this can be pitched up or down a little bit to meet some dubstep, because that would probably make kids cry. You can pitch down, it should work. There's a lot of a lot of beautiful potential. Dubstep, I can't believe the ten-year-old nephew is addicted to dubstep. It's crazy. <laughs> I saw, I think, Karen posted something. Oh, oh. Wait, you didn't touch anything? No, no, it just came in. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> the song is just a giver. 
practicing and I'd get right the sixth time or something like that. Trying to do that live, like that precise of something, I'd always shoot myself in the foot. Oh man, dude. This is totally like just beautiful goth industrial club action. This is the one goth industrial club record I own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's other stuff I could throw in to, to make a 15 minute set. <laughs> <laughs> to get me booked to disappoint. <laughs> booked to disappoint. Yeah. It just gets better. I, I, but that was totally off a sample CD. Because I had that sample CD. <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds like they've used every 80s sound available yeah. just in this song alone. Well, not never, most of them. Most of them, yeah. Now I have to put this record on my list of records to look for. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's horrible. said weird covers this is the first that was the first thing I thought of well, I mean, I I'll, thought I'll give you ten dollars for this record <laughs> but no <laughs> he'll even have all three of us sign it <laughs> I would almost let y'all sign the cover that the first dollar bin sends this record was dubbed valuable <laughs> <laughs> this book has been this record has been valued by Dollar Ben Sims and given ten dollars. <laughs> Your record's DBS value is ten. <laughs> DBS ten. Wait, what is DBS? Dollar, Dollar Ben Sims? A DBS oh, ten okay. record, that's a good that's a good what would you on the DBS scale, what would it be? You should just get a shirt that says DBS 10. So, so you're a 10 on the DBS scale. Yes, I, I am the definer of 10 on the DBS scale. DBS, DBSW. I, I was just, you guys are just thinking of blowing my mind with that at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the numero uh, goes around finding like little local area labels mm -hmm. from the 60s, 70s. And so like they're all digging records. They'll make they'll put together a compilation from all these like total formal, hard to find yeah. funk labels that were all like this label only never sold anything past like a thirty mile radius of Detroit or something. Okay. But they they Dig just keep putting these right? out. They're just doing these reissues and compilations. Mm -hmm. And they're all they all come with, with a good amount of research and discussion about like what was going on with that label and the people around it. And it's just... Well, this one here looks like this whole record is this whole group. Yeah, here. so it's it's just this group. Do they do, do they, does the label do other uh, albums that are like a, more of an anthology kind of thing where you get just a handful of... Most of them are focused on a label. Okay. So it'll be like the X label from Detroit and so the it'll be... A, two record album mm -hmm. this sort of a compilation of stuff released on that label gotcha so and some of these labels have only only released barely enough to fill one of these compilations yeah because that's what i was thinking it's where you bump into where you got a couple of great songs from you know some group that recorded out of you know whoever will bill and mm -hmm. uh but it's not enough to do that but if you have uh, a whole bunch of those you could do a two exactly. album so they they put out a couple they put out I don't know, like 30 records now. But they just, all of them have like immaculate like research done and discussion mm -hmm. about the records. They're all really good. So they did this thing where you could subscribe and they had, they were like, we plan to release whatever, eight records this year. Mm -hmm. So you can pay up front for all eight of them, get a discount on it, and as we release them, we'll just mail them straight to you. Mm -hmm. And I think you got some some fun extras, but it's like, I would pretty cool, I would right? love to do that with like half the labels I'm in love with right now. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think it's ever going to become a common thing. Yeah, back to Star Wars, they have for a couple of toy stores, you can do the one of every figure club, and they uh, mm. and basically every time more figures come out in the Hasbro line, they'll send you the latest batch of them and stuff. It's very awesome. It's pretty cool. That's Basically, you give them their credit card and they charge you whenever they come in, but you get a discount yeah. on them for that. But um, I, I would do that. I just don't. I would like to know. I, would, I don't know if they give you advance because I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to get charged X amount of dollars next week. Cool. I'll have money in there because it might be like, why is my account overdrawn? Oh, fuck. I'm getting Star Wars toys. <laughs> and that would totally happen to me with records. Oh, yeah. Because I would end up subscribing to like too many places. Mm hmm. I'm like, oh, it's only $8 a record. <laughs> oh, they release a record a week? That's <laughs> not bad, though, overall. So this next is a 45 I found down in San Jose in the 50-cent bin. I have since bought every copy I can find. Of the same 45? Yeah, every time I find this 45 out somewhere, I buy it so no one else can have it. <laughs> How many copies do you have now? Four. Awesome. Give me one. No. Yes. Do you do this in between times that you're burning books? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's because I don't want anybody else to compete and have this track. I love the sound of it already. Yo. This, this is, is not just another weak sound. Put it down. Pull the Cali underground. Oh, yeah. 
in a good place though we were talking about a video that somebody had remixed uh, using uh, sounds like uh, you were talking about just cutting up and mm -hmm. uh, very, it, it's very preview 73 um, nice. or, or Pogo if you're familiar on YouTube yeah, yeah it's, it's very much Pogo like Pogo and they even do the video with it um, we were talking about that and for some reason that was where my audio on the podcast went glitchy and choppy and weird as we were talking about something like that but yeah, that really messed up the uh, the recording on the podcast. I had to do a bit of editing on it this week. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how much how much editing I have to do and how much 
audio we get from the directly connected to the computer microphones mm -hmm. versus the little Zoom guy. Mm. Are you still recording, Zoom guy? You are! Righteous. <laughs> so now we're going to play the last of Hickory's covers, which we actually had to open. It had never been opened before. Yeah, I thought that was so, kind of funny. We came, it came with a copy of the CD. Oh, okay. Podcast so. audience, you are about to hear a brand new, never been touched by a needle before record. This is where you want to add the sound effect of... <laughs> <laughs> this is where Mike practices scratching. I was thinking about just scratching across it, to be honest. Like, I, I thought that would be in poor taste. You can do that after me. It's like iTunes. You're just scrubbing <laughs> along through the song, right? To get to exactly. the good part of it. And plus, I have to be nice to Hickory until he gives me that record. True. turning me on to this and I just get a, a message one day when I'm at home on the chat it's just a link it was for sale and I was like oh I bought a copy right there I hadn't even heard the song and I don't know I think I don't know if they if they sold out or If it's on the internet, it has to be true. That's right. Do you realize this is on the internet? Yes! <laughs> not, not yet, but soon, which means whatever we say is true. Do you know I get 10% of everybody's paycheck? <laughs> Just in the room everybody's paycheck? Everybody. Okay. So, when you hear this, you have 10% of your paycheck has just gone to the Stone. So, let's start preparing those checks now. Don't they just take it out like they take taxes out? No, I need checks from everybody. See, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. I don't have a stamp at all, man. A bill won't be late. No, you don't have to mail it. Just call me and let me know when the check is ready and I'll come to your house and pick it up. So for our listeners in New York, is that true too? Mm -hmm. Hickory's phone number is XYZZZ. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's going to be rich. He's going to lose money on gas prices. We're supposed it's to be no four bucks this summer. Yeah. It's going to be rough. This is good. Damn you, Hickory. That's, that's two DBSS 10s. Yeah. 
bleep it out, of course. But they bleep it out with like radio static. It just sounds horrible. I heard one, I heard, I guess, the edit where he's like, forget you. That I can see. But the, like, bleeping it out with radio static was not cool. I did not. I was like, this just ruins the song. <laughs> Please be Elvis. <laughs> oh God, I would pay money. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. It's okay. I had it in the wrong speed before. I've done that at parties before. Oh, it's in the wrong speed, and you flip it over, and you're like, okay, now it's right, and then that'll happen. I'm oh. a really big fan of just straight up taking the needle off the record at parties, the wrong record. Oh, I love doing that. Yeah. This is Bill Murray. <laughs> if, if you didn't catch that, listeners at home playing along, this is Bill Murray singing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. What era of Bill Murray is this? this was, uh, oh, cool. Yeah. That's a good movie. Cannot say that. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. We can't have a uh, an episode about covers without actually playing this. Yeah. Because I know everybody's heard it now, but it's still so fucking good. It's better yeah. than the original. I don't think I've heard this cover. It's kind of <clears throat> what? No. I recognize the song. I don't know who it's by or covered by it. This is awesome. Man, I remember that year that you played this at Chillix, like, it played two more times. <laughs> I didn't play this at Chillix, and do you know why? Because two other people played it. We No, we started, we started off, like, our set one year with this at Chillix. Oh. And then it got played two other times that weekend after us. <laughs> and some... It might have been the next year around that I was planning on playing it still, and I heard it and was just like, no. But yeah, this is just this? It's Nostalgia 77, and the singer is Sharon Jones, okay. who you may have heard from Very Sharon nice Jones and the Dap Kings. covers that outdo the original to this level. I always, I was always particular to Johnny Cash's hurt over Reznor's. Reznor says that that's Johnny Cash's song now. What now? Reznor says that that is now a Johnny Cash song. He doesn't lay claim to it anymore after Johnny Cash did what he did to I mean, like, like, I remember hearing Hurt and, like, understanding the lyrics and all that and being like, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, then, like, Hearing it revisited by Johnny Cash, there's so much pain in his voice when he's singing. You're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. dude. And then if you see the YouTube cover or the YouTube of that with Kermit the Frog, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, mean, I agree with you. This is this is one of those covers that 
yeah, forget about the original almost. Why did he seem that, uh, the, White Stripes, there's a, a documentary about one of their tours in Canada. Mm-mm. There's a thing I keep seeing on the Netflix streaming with, uh, it's really, really good. White and Neil Young and uh, somebody else. Uh, some documentary. About three of them. White Dylan and. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's, uh, it's. Um. Look it up. You got. We got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Go Oracle will tell us. Yanks. But there's this White Stripes documentary. Doc- uh, there's this White Stripes documentary. White Stripes documentary. White Stripes documentary. <laughs> it's just this movie, you see. It's a movie about Jack White and Meg White. And they're in Canada. Oh. What's it about? It's about their uh, their Canada tour. So they'd, they'd always wanted to do, like, some smaller shows. And it... And they'd always wanted to tour Canada. So they did these, like, they went to the most out-of-the-way place where they're essentially playing for the entire town. And one of the things they do in one of the large metro areas is they do a one-note free concert. And so they pull up, they come out, they get all ready, and they just go... And then they back up and they leave. And it's, like, it's disturbing how much... That one sound, like the one drum hit, one guitar lick, and you're like, oh, that sounds exactly like the White Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. It is kind of unmistakable. Your network is slower here than it is at my house. The, huh. the E network or whatever, instead of 3G. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed that you have connectivity at all. Shh, don't say that. <clears throat> this is another cover of this. <laughs> yes. This is, uh, in fact, the last record of the episode. I and expect it's... someone to be growling. Okay, I was sorry. It's, it wasn't Dylan. It was with the uh, name of the movie. came out in 2008. It's called It Might Get Loud. With Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White. Jack White. Um, I'm waiting for the link to click. That's just what I'm gonna read here. <laughs> it sounded ominous. It did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it out sometime at 33. But it's uh, it's the Flaming Lips doing hmm. Seven Nation Army, and they none of the lyrics are the same. They're just yeah, like, really. It's, it's another one of those where you just take popular song and use your own lyrics. Totally. <laughs> I uh, went and saw Ween at the Fox on Friday. I'm sorry. It was awesome. Aww, that's not nice. It was awesome. <laughs> I would say I would say a good forty percent of their show was like metal and punk and thrashing and just awesome. But there was one particular moment where they got on stage and they did David Bowie's Let's Dance. And he nailed it every single which way. Like, if you closed your eyes, it was Bowie on stage. Like, he, he was flawless. It was awesome. 
seriously kinda, kinda like cool, one weird. of the best covers cool. I've ever heard anybody do. Yeah, Ween just really strike me as a frat boy band. Yeah, and I they're fun. I support you and you're enjoying them. I appreciate their influences. And the fact that they sound like other bands when you're li- and make you forget that you're listening to Wayne. Yeah, that's what I like about them. <laughs> what I forget which album it was that I got turned on to originally. It was just a couple albums ago, um, but it was uh, I just like it because the whole album is like all these different genres of music yeah. all done pretty well. Yeah, nice. Um, but uh, yeah, to finish off with that, now that the page finally loaded. The, a quick paragraph plot summary for the movie, uh, which was, it might get loud, uh, a documentary on the electric guitar from the point of view from three significant rock musicians, The Edge, Page, and Jack White. So I understand Jack White, and I understand Page, but I'm like... Hey, The Edge is writing a Broadway musical about really? Spider-Man right now. <laughs> That still cracks me up. Don't push him because t- he's close to himself. He's trying not to lose his head. Ha 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 ha. Oh my god. And on that note, I would like to point you up to my Harry Cox album <laughs> and say goodbye to the kids at home. Bye, kids. Bye, kids. <laughs> Was he talking to us? Oh, uh, no. <laughs>